Thanks, Hillary. I've got a lot to say about what Hillary or what uh, Nancy Pelosi just said. And it might even change the way where we're starting the uh, program. I want to first tell you about our spotlight sponsor. I, I brought this in earlier to, to show you a built bar and somebody already ate it. I don't even know what it is. A lot of those packages so come empty. It's sad. This, they are right. <laughs> this, if you want to buy one of these, go ahead. I mean, uh, they're our sponsor and a, and a sponsor that I actually asked for because my wife has been telling me about these protein bars and they're 150 calories uh, each. And, and I'm like, protein bars suck. They suck. I will not eat them. The wrapper speak for itself. <laughs> really, really good. Go to builtbar.com. Use the promo code Beck. Uh, I'll tell you some of my favorite flavors when, you know, when the next time we talk about this, but they're really good. Again, a sponsor I asked for by name. And luckily, they're fans of the program and wanted you to try Built Bar as well. I. Protein bar, don't don't even use that. It's like a candy bar. It's delicious. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. Nancy Pelosi is going down the same road as Joe Biden. God help us if the Democrats win in the next election. We're all going to they they're all going to need tracking devices because we're just going to need to. All right. The president is out of the White House. I don't know. We just found him walking around in his robe about three blocks away. Can somebody please keep their eye on the president? That's the way it's going to be. And Nancy Pelosi isn't any better. She says that she is not going to uh, do any kind of tax plan. Uh, no, no, no. A tax cut? Absolutely off the table. Is it, Nancy? Why? Wait until you hear her try to explain that and what is really coming in our economy. What you need to be prepared for. Oh, and the five-year-old that was pulled over on the highway in Idaho for driving his mother's car. He made it to the freeway. And somebody thought it was just some somebody that was impaired driving. They stopped him. You won't believe. <laughs> you will not believe why this five-year-old took his mom's car and was driving to California. We'll give you that and so much more. All begins in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. All right, you then. What have you done for Mother's Day? 1-800-Flowers. 1-800-Flowers.com. I want you to go there now. This is, you know, they've got a special going on right now with Mother's Day. You can get roses and lilies and daisies or palms. I don't even know what palms are. are those cheerleader palm. All blooms are 1-800-Flowers. They're picked at their peak and shipped overnight to ensure that they're going to be fresh. Uh, she's going to love them. Now, listen, you need to lock in your order before Friday to make sure you get it delivered on time. So you only have a couple of days left. Don't miss this. Please, please don't miss this. Uh, it's Mother's Day and it's going to be hard just to run out someplace. Oh, I got to go put 
gas in the car. You're not going to be able to do it this year. Mother's Day gifts, bouquets, arrangements, whatever you need. Literally, just go to 1-800-Flowers.com. Click on the radio icon and enter the promo code back. You're going to save some money if you enter the promo code back. But what's really important is they have anything that you're looking for. 1-800-Flowers.com. Order today and save. 1-800-Flowers.com. Code back. You know, I, last night I, um, I went back and I read a couple of speeches. Um, and, you know, maybe tomorrow we're going to go through them. Uh, but I read the... Uh, 1981 first inaugural speech of uh, Ronald Reagan. And then I read the 33 first inaugural speech from FDR. That's the famous one. We have nothing to fear, but fear itself. And both of them have something in common. Uh, They're uniquely different. Um, FDR just talks about the corruption and uh, how the government needs to, you know, get involved in control things where Ronald Reagan said the exact opposite. Um, but they both talked about fear. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Now, he wasn't talking about the fear of a distant enemy. He was talking about the fear that we had that we would never be the same, that we would never recover. Okay, so this is the thing that we really need to conquer here. And this COVID-19 talk is not helping us. I mean, I read stories Every single day, all the time that say, you know, we should be in for the next year. We should be in for the next two years. Well, you know, airplane travel is a thing of the past. We're not going back to the skies. What are you crazy? Let me flip this around. You know, one of my favorite stories today is Tom Cruise and Elon Musk are in talks right now to shoot the first movie in space. Thank you. That's who we are. That's who we are. And I, I spent 10 minutes just thinking only Tom Cruise, only Tom Cruise. And he could be sucked out of an airlock uh, and he'd be like, no, I got to do it myself. No stunt double. You just want me to open my helmet shield outside? OK, I'll give it a shot. Let's get it in one take. That's who we are. We're explorers. We are not people that sit around on our hands. And that is one, just one of the problems that is currently happening in the United States. First of all, we've got to get rid of the fear. What happened in 2008? In 2008, we had the fear that the entire thing's going to be shut down. And so what did we do? We ran to TARP. Huge mistake. Huge mistake. What did we do in, in, uh, after 9-11? We, we were fearful, so we ran immediately to the government and got the Patriot Act. Huge mistake. Can we stop repeating the pattern? We've got to stop repeating the pattern. And the pattern is the government takes more control because you have fear and you want someone to protect you. Now, I want to play this audio from Nancy Pelosi who was talking uh, with uh, CNN and Wolf Blitzer. Uh, Wolfie was on to talk about uh, some tax cuts, a payroll tax cut. Everyone would get a payroll tax cut. The reason why a lot of people in Washington don't want 
a payroll tax cut is because once you see how much you are actually making and earning every single month, trying to get that baby and that genie back into the bottle is going to be really difficult. But that's not why Nancy Pelosi doesn't want it. Here she is trying to explain. Listen. Is a payroll tax cut uh, okay from your point of view, no, or is it, is it a not. non-starter? No, it is not. And if it, it is, is a non-starter, Madam it's Speaker, not. why is a payroll tax cut a non-starter? First of all, now listen. First of all, this why? is all yes. to be related to the Got coronavirus. It. We have enormous, uh-huh. enormous costs. Much of it incurred because on, the president Trump. was in yes. de- denial yes. early on. Okay, so we got to blame Trump the reaction down. to it yeah. caused deaths. But Erica. what's wrong uh, with the payroll uh, yeah, tax? Yeah, yeah. What it, what's what's mm-hmm. right with we have we have five hundred billion dollars for state, mm-hmm. two hundred and fifty mm-hmm. yeah. maybe three hundred billion for local. That's, this this uh-huh. is a way for us. This is a way for us to, to address. Uh, the, uh-huh. the, the situation. There are other things, uh, direct payment, unemployment insurance, uh, issues like PPP. Huh. There's a great deal of money that is being put out there. Ah, okay. So um, let me ask you something. Uh, Stu. Yes. If I had a shovel and we were out digging a ditch <laughs> and I was holding a shovel how much sense would it make if we were really in a crisis and we really needed to get things done to hire someone to take my shovel, cut a little bit of the handle off of that shovel, then give it to you. You cut a little bit of the handle off and then hand it back to me. Who, uh, does that make any sense at all? It seems suboptimal. Glad. Yeah, it does. Okay. We all have the shovel. We all have the money that they're trying to give us. Okay. They're taking it from us, taking a little bit out, giving it to somebody else who will also take a little bit out and then handing it back to us. What the hell is that? That doesn't make sense. You know what that does? That diminishes your dollar. It diminishes what you have, and it gives the power to the people that we have to look at and go, can we just get our damn shovel back, please? Also gives them it the, empowers them and it gives them the opportunity to take the piece of the handle that they've taken from our shovel and give it to some other random uh, ditch digger somewhere else. Right. They yes. get to redistribute right. it uh, to whatever design they're going for and then say, I'm going to give that to these other people here who have no shovels. And then they'll give them that that piece of the handle that is not a shovel. It's just a piece of a handle and say, you know why you don't have a shovel? Because these people over here are all hoarding the shovels. It doesn't make any sense. No sense. Fear makes us do these things. Fear and wanting somebody in charge. Well, you're in charge. Welcome to America. You're in charge. That's the way it's supposed to be. Now, let's go back 2008. What happened? Well, we we let somebody else be in charge. Take the shovel. They took our shovel. They cut about half the handle off and said, we're going to help people. They gave that half and many of the shovels to the banking system. And said, okay, now it's fixed. Now they're not afraid. Well, no, they were afraid because we no longer had shovels. Uh, So they were like, I can't give this person a loan. How's he going to make any money? He doesn't have a job. He he, he doesn't have a shovel. Oh, okay. So what did they do? Because of their fear of us, 
they were like, you know what? I'd rather invest this money someplace else. I, I don't, I'm going to make it a little harder to get loans. Okay. Okay. All right. Now, since this bailout, Chase is now requiring a credit score of at least 700 for all new home loans. They're one of the financial institutions also now requiring at least 20% down. So you have to have a credit score of 700 and at least 20% down. Okay, well, maybe maybe that's what we should have been the whole time. I don't know. I know they because of the government who wants to give pieces of shovels to everybody, they've made it really easy to get loans. And so what happens? You make it too easy. Oh, you don't need any ID. You don't even need a job. You want a house? Here. Here's one in Beverly Hills. Okay, well, that doesn't make any sense. Now, Chase didn't disclose the previous uh, down payments, but records show it used to be about 6% down. So you could put 6% down. Well, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. I remember when 10% loans, uh, you know, where you had to put 10% down. That was a good deal. 20% was usual. I think when I was growing up, it may have been 30%. So the home that you have purchased or the mortgage that you have or the loan, would you have been approved under the new Chase standards? No. And Chase isn't the only one. Everybody's doing this. Why? Because they are afraid that you're not going to have a job. They're going to be stuck with a bill. Okay. All right. Equity homes are, or equity loans are getting even harder to get. Now, this is going to have a dramatic impact on the U.S. economy. Because not only are the uh, consolidation loans, but credit cards are getting harder to get. They're lowering the limits now on what you can spend. They're upping the interest rates and they're canceling some cards. Some cards are just being canceled without any notice. They're just canceling them. All right. Well, that's a problem because we're a consumer driven economy. Remember, we don't create anything. We're the buyers of everything as designed, not by you, not by me, but by our government. So when we open up the economy, how fast are you going to a concert? How fast are you going to a, a, crowded, uh, a crowded restaurant? And why? Why? What is the coronavirus like in your town? What is the coronavirus like in your state? If you're living in New York, I get it. If you're living in New York City, I get it. But if you're living someplace in the middle of the country, why? Can you imagine? Can you imagine if. If the coronavirus would have killed, you know, 20 percent of the population of Des Moines, Iowa, do you think that New York City would be closed? Do you think New York City would have closed everything because there was a pandemic in Des Moines, Iowa? No. So why is Des Moines, Iowa closed? Because there's a massive pandemic in New York. New York would not have closed for a pandemic in any small town in America. It could have wiped everybody out in Lubbock, Texas, and they still would be open today. So why is it reversed? Why, why is it reversed? 
Why are we closing all of America down? Why don't we have any kind of of local control when people are struggling? They're opening now in California, willing to go to jail because they're like, I'm going to be jail is better than living under a bridge. And you know, what's crazy. All of these states are opening up their jails. Did you hear in California, the guy who was arrested three times, three times yesterday, he was arrested three times. You're three, three times. You're right. Uh, three strikes. You're out in that California. No, not anymore. Guy was arrested yesterday three times. But because they decided, ah, no bail, they took him to the station house. He went out. He committed another crime. They caught him. He took him to the station house. He got out. He committed another crime. He took him to the station house. He got out. Well, so we're taking people who are just trying to stay in business, and we are taking them and throwing them in jail a jail where they say the coronavirus is rampant, so we have to let all these criminals out. And you're taking people who aren't criminals, who are just trying to survive, and you're putting them in jail. When did the world go mad? And when did America forget the only thing we have to fear is fear itself? When did America forget who we are? That we are the people that went to the moon. We are the people that cross the Rocky Mountains. If you've never driven across the Rocky Mountains, you must do it. You must do it. You're probably going to do it because God only knows when the airlines are going to open up again. And God only knows when people are going to be willing to get onto a flight again. But cross the Rocky Mountains because my son and I did it last summer. And we drove and we, we drove and we joked the entire way. So if you were a pioneer and you didn't know how far this mountain range was going or what was on the other side even tell me where you'd stop we both said denver that's as far actually i said the missouri river but we didn't drive over the missouri river i would have looked at the river and went have fun guys if i would have crossed the missouri river i definitely would have stopped at denver nice place look at the mountain no i don't think so then if you decided to go up to over the mountain You get to the first peak to where you think, oh, man, I just got to get over this peak. Then you see a sea of peaks. Then you're like, I would have that's the place I would have killed the guy who convinced me to go over the mountain because now it's too late. That's who we are, not the me's, the ones who actually crossed it. We need to convince our leadership to sit down, shut up while the people lead. Because we're not afraid. And quite honestly, they're not afraid of us. I got a couple of questions for you. First question is, if you're suffering from constant or frequent pain, how long has this been going on? How long are you going to put up with it? Been a few days, been months, years. My second question, more important. How much longer are you willing to put up with it? If you have been listening to my show, I don't advertise things I don't believe in. I don't tell you to ingest some sort of a a cure. I don't like that. Okay. Unless I've used it myself and I know it works, I don't do it. I think this is the first, 
a medication, if you can call it that, it's over the counter that I've ever endorsed. And I did it begrudgingly. I said no for years because I didn't use it. And then my wife was like, why won't you just try it? And I was at the end of my rope. And I'm like, because it's not going to work. Well, Relief Factor is a company that was founded by Pete and Seth Talbot. These two are remarkable people. They're good, decent Christians that are just building this really to help people. I mean, the profits are they're just being plowed into all kinds of, of projects that are. I mean, these guys are just great. Anyway. They developed this thing. It's not a drug developed by doctors. 70% of people who try it go on to order more. This is developed for the right reason. It works. It worked for me in dramatic fashion. And I've met people all over the country that it's worked for them. Please just try it. Relieffactor.com. 800-583-84. 800-583-84. Relieffactor.com. 10 seconds. Station ID. All right. Welcome. Glad you're here. Uh, today is uh, Giving Tuesday, uh, something that we do uh, every year as a nation. Um, we have Giving Tuesday, and I would, I would ask uh, that if you haven't given yet to the charity of your choice, please do. We need it now more than ever. Our food banks are in trouble. Our communities are in trouble. Your neighbors might be in trouble. Uh, do something, even if it's $5. I would like to ask you that if you would uh, make a donation to mercuryone.org uh, or the nazarenefund.org. Those are our two charities um, that, um, that we started here and you started. Um, and we do a lot of good. 100% of everything you donate, 100% goes to the operation um, to get it into the hands of the people. It's not, we don't take any slice off of the top of that. Um, by the way, we have kind of depleted a lot of our funds uh, at mercuryone.org, and we really need some, uh, some help to make sure that we are uh, not going to have to close our doors. So if you would, uh, today is a good day to uh, help Mercury One or the Nazarene Fund, nazarenefund.org, mercuryone.org as well. Okay. When we come back, the reset button has been hit. I don't even know if I'm going to get there because I haven't even finished the... I haven't really even started what I wanted to talk to you about uh, here at the top of the hour. <laughs> the top of the hour we'll get into that here in a second you're listening to glenn beck i know you're talking about with giving tuesday it's cinco de mayo today uh that's the real news uh also sunday cinco de mother's day you don't want to miss that one uh friendly little reminder to keep you uh, out of hot water Get her the best in skincare. From now until Mother's Day, you'll get the classic GenuCell for bags, puffiness, and jawline treatment at a discount never offered before. And as a surprise Mother's Day gift, GenuCell will double your order for free. They're also going to include the GenuCell Immediate Effects, also free. Uh, you know, they've got, uh, it's going to be a, one of those weird holidays, right? Your mom's not going to be around probably. She may be across the country. You might not be able to be in contact with her uh, like normal. 
Um, well, you can do something nice for your mom this Mother's Day with GenuCell. Now's the time to, to uh, help her say goodbye to uh, all the uh, puffiness, dark spots, crow's feet, anything that she might uh, be dealing with. Delicate skin around the jawline can be tightened up. All of it can make you feel better, guaranteed. And, it's you know, look, the product's guaranteed. So if you don't believe me, you can send it back and they'll give you your money back if it doesn't work. GenuCell's Mother's Day special is where they're giving you double your order for free. 800-577-8709. 800-577-8709 or GenuCell.com. G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. So glad that you are here today. Um, we've got a lot uh, happening that you need to know about. Uh, we have Katie McFarlane. Uh, she's going to be on with us here in just a little while. And Katie is Katie is an amazing woman um, because of her credibility. She was working with um, uh, Flynn at the National Security uh, Council and uh was caught up in what was happening with the fbi i mean she wasn't disgraced or anything else but she was caught up in it uh, as an innocent bystander and the story she has to tell is phenomenal and she's going to be on we're going to go over what what's happening to general flynn uh this is absolutely absolutely criminal that's coming up in about 30 minutes from now. Uh, yesterday, Dave Rubin was on with us, and uh, we want to thank Media Matters for their support of the program. Um, <laughs> Media Matters, of course, is uh, uh, is uh, now a subscriber to The Blaze, and thank you for that, too. But they, they watch us all the time to make sure that we haven't done anything crazy. So here's what they posted yesterday. <sighs> An exchange on ending social distancing policies. Dave Rubin, a little risk is part of life. That's actually part of the human experience. Glenn Beck, I don't have a right to be safe from infections, dot, dot, dot. I'm born without that natural right. Oh, my gosh. Didn't Bill Maher say the uh, exact you... same thing the other night? Yep. Is, she, yep. is he in the uh, I mean, Media Matters report? I'm assuming he is. No. No. Uh-uh. Huh. No. And you know what? I even even without the context, I stand by those two statements. <laughs> we have no idea what the dot 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 was, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, no, you're not stand be, by them. Yeah. Stand by them. We're, we all have not going to be that. And you've been very. I yep. mean, again, like I, I think standing out in the, uh, especially on the right side of the aisle, is taking this seriously long before the mainstream media was taking it seriously. Um, oh yeah, I mean, like this, this, like it's just such like a. It's such a uh, boilerplate sort of formulaic delivery they got going on these days. I don't know. Maybe they only have bots working there. I don't know. Do they even have humans there anymore? I mean, these are these are these are lazy attempts. They used to be good at this. I, well, people used to be outraged by uh, by common sense. Now I think it's coming back into fashion. They're like, oh, yeah, I don't seem to have a problem with that one. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Yeah, closing down the entire country because what we were talking about was opening it up by regions, opening it up by, you know, by the locals and and not being a slave all the way across the the nation. Would you say it maybe more uh, and, may it more efficient policies implemented by the state? Would that be a way that you might phrase something like that? Uh, might be because yeah, that's that's how be. the imperial uh, college uh, uh, model 
uh, outlined the pro- mm. appropriate response for the United mm. States, which would be more. Mm. And again, that's the one that predicted multiple millions dead if we didn't do anything. It was the thing that everybody um, in the scientific community ran to immediately. They specifically in the document, in the initial model, said it, much in the United States as opposed to the UK, it would be more sensible to do it perhaps by the state for more efficiency. Um, and that does seem to be more efficient. We're a big, big country. It goes back to what you talked about earlier in the hour, where Des Moines didn't have a break, an outbreak and, and, and New York City did. Maybe those two areas should be handled differently. And it's not just right-wingers saying that. That comes from the Imperial College model that initially started all of this uh, talk. So that's kind of, I don't know. Maybe, maybe is, is the Imperial College listed in the Media Matters report? Maybe they're in there, too. No, no they're, they, yeah, certainly, certainly. Certainly not. Hmm. Um, But we we now have a reset uh, button that is being pushed mainly by California, Uh, California. Let me just give you a couple of the things that are that are going on right now. Um, There's a new renewed push from the from the left in California uh, to California cash bail system, which voters are set to rule on whether to scrap, um, you know, coming up in November's election. Uh, what they're doing is reducing all cash bail uh, for the low level offenses to zero to reduce jail populations and slow the spread of uh, of the uh, coronavirus. Well, here's the here's the problem. They're depopulating the prisons and the jails uh, and they're putting other people in jail. And I told you just a minute ago where you had a guy yesterday arrested three separate times, three separate times. And released without bail. Then he came out and did it again in one day, three separate times. It's it's insane. Uh, And so what they're trying to do now is not just the bail, but they're trying all of the criminal, you know, uh, social justice reforms and trying to depopulate the prison system and, and everything else. And they're doing it by using the coronavirus. They're also um, uh, looking into uh, uh, different things like the um, firearms restrictions. Here is something guaranteed by the Constitution, and they say that it's not an essential service. Buying a lottery ticket is, but uh, having you know access to guns or ammunition is not. While they're while they're letting people out of jail, homelessness. They are now trying to. Uh, I, I'm quoting. I'm quoting the uh, Democratic politicians. We're aiming for the fences. We're playing for the long game. They are now looking uh, to get grants on houses uh, for the homeless because they want to give all the homeless people homes. And guess who will pay for that? Yes. FEMA, the United States government, otherwise known as you. Uh, They also are looking they their first state to borrow money from the federal government we should not be lending california money sorry i don't i don't think would you lend them if you were a bank would you lend them the money do they have that kind of credit score really do they have a 700 credit score are they able to even put 20 percent down and if they default on that what do we get in return because i'll take a beach or two as the United States, I say we free California. We start at Cal- We start down at the border. We start in San Diego. Ah, okay, good. You got two years to pay that back. You didn't pay it back. Great. We take San Diego County. Oh, you didn't pay that back. Good. We take Anaheim. 
and it just becomes property of the United States and no longer California. I don't know. We give it to Arizona. I don't know who we give it to, but enough with California. They are now taking the uh, one-time cash payments of $500. So they're taking our money and giving $500 one time to all illegal immigrants. Okay, did, did you, are you okay with this? Because I'm definitely, definitely not. Again, I go back to Nancy Pelosi where she said, you know, there's other ways the government is going to bail people out. We don't need tax cuts. No, tax cuts are the most immediate. They're the most immediate, and they go to everybody. There's no picking and choosing, and nobody in power that's deciding what to do. That's why they don't like it, because they need someone in power. And what a tax cut does, it empowers you to spend your money the way you think it will most help. It's your money. I urge the president to declare the United States of America an economic empowerment zone. If we had economic empowerment zones, the entire country... Uh, I think we would, you know, maybe do some good. What it does is it uh, is designed to aid and lift communities out of poverty. And what do they do? They don't dump a bunch of money in. They relieve, uh, relieve people of many of the federal restrictions on businesses and if you're creating jobs, you can count that against your taxes. Why can't we do this? It, it, it makes, have you ever heard of Shinola? Shinola is this great company out of Detroit because Detroit became an economic empowerment zone. And so what happens is they get extra tax benefits for going into these places and creating jobs. They also get to relief, get relief on some of the, uh, you know, some of the federal standards, et cetera, et cetera. Why aren't we doing that to the United States? Why? Because they don't trust you. They don't trust business. They don't trust small business. They'll, they'll trust GE till the cows come home. They'll trust Citicorp. They'll trust Wells fricking Fargo till the cows come home. They'll trust the state of California, but not you. Donald Trump, please, economic empowerment zones. Make the all 50 states economic empowerment zones. You immediately cut all of the regulation. You immediately give tax cuts to everybody who's creating a job. You don't have to have you, you don't you don't need anybody to to give pick and choose tax cuts. The people who have money to invest to create jobs, people who are just barely on the on the edge, they'll be able to open their stuff back up and for jobs created, they'll be able to uh, uh, they'll be able to write that off on taxes. That is fantastic. Sounds like it's too logical, doesn't it? Sounds like something that we just can't. Well, you know, let me just let me just stop here. Do you think if the Senate 
uh, I'm sorry, if the House and the Senate wanted to find out if Tara Reid's names were were in the records, do you think if it was Adam Schiff and the perpetrator was Donald Trump, we could find anything? They would have those records literally by hook or by crook. Now, nope, they can't. They just, uh-uh. They just can't open up those records in the House and the Senate. And boy, would they, would they like to? Yes, they would. Yes, they would. But they just ain't got some rules that they just can't. Who's actually fighting for you? Who's actually fighting for the Republic? Nobody, it seems. Because we are acting like sheep. Because we are afraid. Look, as I said in January, we're all going to get this. We've all had the 1918 pandemic. We've all had it. It's the flu that goes around every year. That's where it started. We got it. We're all going to get coronavirus. How come we're not talking about fat people? And I say this as a proud fat man. Fat people have a very good chance of really having real damage done by the coronavirus. If you're in shape, you're, in young, you're young, what the hell are you doing at home? How come we're wearing masks? Why are we wearing masks? Why are we being told to wear masks all the time? Because it helps keep us afraid. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I want to talk to you about Tacova's boots. Uh, yesterday, uh, a few of us were rolling some hay out for the cows. This big, massive roll of hay. Uh, man, these cows eat a lot. Uh, anyway, um, so we were rolling some hay out. And please, farmers, don't ask me why I'm still feeding in the summer. I got it. I got it. But uh, one of the guys was wearing his Tacovis boots, and he was just, you know, in cow patties. And it was not pretty. And uh, he he came down. He said, now there's a Tacovis commercial for you. He's He loves his cowboy boots. He loves them. Uh, and they're, I mean, they're good boots, 200 steps to make them, but he didn't, he didn't even think twice when they said, Hey, can you help me roll this, this hay out into the pasture? And, uh, he was like, yeah, absolutely. He knew he was wearing his Tacovis boots. They're not fancy pants boots They're They will, they will last through anything. 200 handmade steps. And they are their classic styles. They'll never go out of style. They'll last forever. It's Tecovis. Tecovis boots. You know, my grandmother used to say, whenever you buy something, make sure you buy quality because you don't want to buy them again. That's a Tecovis boot. Made by hand. Half the price of a similarly uh, uh, classed boot. Half the price. Check them out right now. Find your pair at tecovas.com slash Beck. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com slash Beck. 
Tecovis, Western Goods, for your frontier. Tomorrow night on Glenn TV. The Democrats claim to be the party that believes all women. But what about Tara Reid? Joe Biden is Joe Biden. He's a person of great values. So I want to remove all doubt in anyone's mind. Glenn examines the allegations against Joe Biden and does what the left and the media didn't do for Brett Kavanaugh. Follow the facts. Watch Glenn expose the dangerous Me Too hypocrisy of the left. Tomorrow at 9 p.m. Eastern at blazetv.com slash Glenn. This is the Glenn Beck Program. All right, so uh, there, there is an incredible story. Uh, and I've seen the police footage, you know, the the uh, dash cam footage. There was a, I don't know, a Ford Bronco SUV or something like that. Uh, and it's driving down the highway. This happened in Utah, up by the uh, northern border of Idaho. And um, it's kind of swerving, but it's not bad, actually. I mean, it's, you know, it, you, you wouldn't want to be driving around them because it's, but it's it's not like crazy drunk driving. Pretty steady. Well, uh, the police pull up behind this uh, behind this car and whoop, whoop, and it it slows down, pulls over on the wrong side of the road. But it does pull over, stops, uh, looks like the person can't get it into park because it kind of drifts and then it stops. You see him tap on the brakes and then finally it stops. Officer gets out. It's a five year old, a five year old <laughs> driving his mother's car. Five. Why? He said he was going to go to California because his mom told him that she wouldn't buy him a Lamborghini. So he was going to California to buy one himself. (laughs) Five years old. Stopped on the highway. You're listening to Glenn Beck. There's been been an awful lot uh, going on. in Washington, D.C., with the deep state that has nothing to do with coronavirus. It has everything to do with everything we were talking about before the coronavirus. Is the FBI even to be trusted? Who can we trust in Washington, D.C.? Did they set Donald Trump up? Well, a lot of things have been coming out about the uh, Mueller investigation uh, with General Flynn. Well, we have somebody who was with General Flynn in his office, knows him, was part of this process, actually ground up and destroyed in this process. She is a friend of mine and somebody I believe has a ton of credibility and a story you need to hear. We do it in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Ah, it's Cinco de Mayo. Ah. Uh, so we're uh, we're having a big Cinco de Mayo, um, Cinco de Mayo party at my house, which I don't even know what that means. I mean, I don't drink, you know, so we can't have any tequila or <gasps> Corona. Uh, so I don't I don't know exactly what that means. I think we're going to have tacos and I'm hoping brisket. Uh, that's what I was pulling for, um, but we're gonna we're gonna grill on the Rectech grill today. It is so good, 
so good. Anything, if you've ever wanted to smoke and it's, it's supposed to be really complex and I don't know how to smoke. I mean, I really can barely cook hamburgers out on the grill. Uh, I, I, I always, I always burn things or they're raw. I just never know how to do it with the Rectech grill. Everything I have cooked on this is absolutely perfect. It's all digital. It's like putting it in the oven, except it's a big, beautiful grill. It's it's the best made grill I have ever seen. And because they don't sell them at stores like, you know, Home Depot and everything else, they don't have a middleman. And they've taken all of that extra money that they would pay for a middleman and put it into the quality of this grill. It was made by grillers for grillers. It's the best. Check it out for yourself. Also, by the way, when you're checking it out, you could get registered because you could win a Rectech Father's Day grill. It's the exact same grill that I have, and it's it's unbelievable. Just go to Rectech Grills with an S R E C T E C Grills dot com slash Beck. Get registered for this giveaway. Do it now. Rectechgrills dot com slash Beck. Katie McFarlane held national security posts in the Nixon-Ford-Reagan administrations. She was an aide to Henry Kissinger on the National Security Council. She has uh, won the Defense Department's highest civilian armor, uh, honor. She has uh, received the Distinguished Service Award. Uh, she's an alumni of George Washington University, uh, Oxford, and MIT. Huh. She is uh, kind of credible. She was one of the most prominent uh, conservative foreign policy experts out there. She was on Fox for years and years and years. She was President Trump's first deputy national security advisor and helped Trump turn many of his campaign promises uh, into foreign policy and, and actually get things done. Well, she was working with General Flynn and the FBI came in and uh, took General Flynn out. Uh, he pleaded guilty. The FBI questioned her. There was nothing wrong with her, but she has been so discredited. It is awful what has happened. Uh, and America needs to hear the story, especially now with General Flynn, because we now have things coming out. Um, and being released that nobody seems to be paying attention to that really calls into question whether we can trust uh, our intelligence and and uh, national security uh, um, uh, when it when it comes to the Justice Department, uh, what they're what they are finding out about Russia. Can we trust any of this? Katie McFarland is here now with us. Hi, Katie. Hi, Glenn. It's great to be with you. So I want to start with this. Uh, you just wrote uh, an editorial. The last thing National Security Pfizer uh, Michael Flynn said to me when he left our West Wing office for the very last time was laced with irony. You know, I joined the military to fight the Russians. Y you yeah. are uh, you were there and uh, he he made a deal with the government. But he shouldn't have made the deal with the government, should he? No, no. And, and but the problem is that they blackmail people. I didn't realize when they came to me 
to try to set me up, that they had conducted themselves the same way with General Flynn. I mean, his lawyers, my lawyers said, you know, I couldn't talk to Flynn. So I was operating and flying blind. But it turns out now with the stories that have come out, and I write about it at great length in my book of the tactics, that the FBI was doing exactly the same thing to him. Show up at the office. In my case, they showed up at my home without warning and then said, well, you know, don't you want to help us? find out what the Russians did. And I said, yeah, sure, more than anybody. I want to find out what the Russians did and make sure they can't do it again. And so then I said, well, do I need a lawyer? Flynn, they did the same thing to Flynn. Well, the implication was you don't really need a lawyer. When I asked them directly, they said, we can't tell you not to get a lawyer, but we're just here to ask you some questions, to get some context of what went on, yada, yada, yada. And then it turns out that they had seized all of my government records, which by law I had turned over to the government when I left. My cell, cell phone logs, text messages, emails, everything. They had done the same to Flynn. And then they kept them. They controlled what I was able to see, and they cherry-picked what they wanted. And in most cases, they showed me things out of context, or they'll send it, they showed me an email, which... You know, the subject had been deleted, three of the four paragraphs had been redacted, and then they asked me about it. And at a certain point, I said, well, can I see these all at the same time or in chronological order? And I should have known at that point. The FBI said, that's not how we do things. And at the end of the day, they were trying to trick me. It was like they had the answer key because they had all the files. I was working just from memory. And if they got me to say something like, oh, well, it happened on Tuesday night, but the phone call really happened on Wednesday morning, they could jump up and say, you're lying. That's a lie. You're trying to dissemble us. You know, you're lying to the FBI. That's a perjury charge. And they tried to trick me that way. And they obviously tried to trick General Flynn that way. They had the transcript of a phone call that he had with the Russian ambassador, Glenn, and they were asking him questions about the phone call, which he didn't have a transcript of. He didn't remember very well. And that was the beginning of their charges against Flynn. That's not uh, the way you conduct yourself if you're really actually trying to tell the truth. And you didn't get an attorney for a while because you thought that, you know, you were just You've done this forever. Katie, have you ever seen anything like this? I mean, you've been with Nixon, Reagan. Uh, uh, what's the other administ- uh, administration you were with? You, you so Ford. Ford. I mean, I've been, I've been through right. Watergate. I've been through Iran Contra. I've been through everything. And nothing. Right. Have, nothing really. Have you because ever seen No, nothing. But after September 11th, we gave the intelligence community enormous power. And, and I think that's a good thing, because they were supposed to use it to go after terrorists, mass murderers, etc. But in the Obama administration, the senior officials of the intelligence community use those powers to go after political opponents. And that's the dangerous thing that's happened. Um, and as you point out, my career was destroyed. Um, General Flynn's has been destroyed. And in the end of the day, I wasn't, I never would plead guilty to a crime I didn't commit. And I refused to implicate General Flynn or President Trump in crimes they didn't commit, which was what the FBI and the Mueller people implied I should do. And they would go away if I did that. I wouldn't do it, um, knowing full well that I might have to fight them in court and go bankrupt and everything else. General Flynn had an additional pressure point, though. They threatened his son. And so he sacrificed himself to protect his son. He pled guilty to a crime he did not commit in order to get his son 
free from the clutches of the Mueller investigators. That's how bad it's gotten. And, you know, at the end of the day, Glenn, it's not about Flynn. It's not about me. It's about a group of people who are unelected, unaccountable to anybody, the deep state. They didn't like the election results in 2016. So they were going to either take the president out, take his advisors out, or make sure he couldn't govern. When they said um, in that memo that was just released, you know, what is our what is our goal here? Are we trying to uh, find the truth or are we trying to get him to lie uh, so we can, you know, take him out, uh, charge him with a crime or uh, get him out of the uh, out of the administration? Uh, I, I found that a, a little frightening uh, myself, and I know that they try to do perjury traps, but. Is this the kind of perjury trap that the FBI always uses? Because they're, they're trying to say that this they did nothing different than they normally do. Well, then that's even more terrifying. Is this how they treat American right? citizens they don't like? You know, it, it, either you, you choose. Either they abuse their power in going after Flynn and myself and others. Or they didn't abuse their power, that this is the power that they've decided to use against everybody. And I find that even more terrifying. You know, here, here's yeah. the real, one of the real motivations behind getting going to Flynn as opposed to other people in the administration. At first was because Flynn and I and the president had already talked about streamlining the intelligence community. Flynn had done it when he was head of the Defense Intelligence Agency in the Obama administration. He streamlined it. He changed how they collected intelligence, how they analyzed it. And the deep state, the guys in the 16 sprawling intelligence agencies, they didn't want anything to change. So it was a preemptive strike against Flynn. Take him out before he has a chance to get his feet in and then start looking at the intelligence community because that was Trump's job. We were, and we did. We looked at the foreign policy of the Obama administration, the defense policy, and the intelligence policy. And there were a lot of changes made, but not to the intelligence community because Flynn had been preemptively taken out. So I've talked to people in Washington, and they've said, Glenn, at least... 30% across the board just has to be cut because it's so infected now. It's just you it's just out of control. I, I don't see this happening, especially when they have the power that they do. I mean, you talk about, you know, if this is what they'll do to you guys, uh, you know, they're they're they, they'll do it to the average citizen. What's truly frightening is doing it to the average citizen would never come to light. These guys are so confident that they can do it to some of the biggest names uh, that we all know, and the president of the United States, they're not afraid. What chance do we have of cleaning this up and getting this in order? Well, I've always believed sunlight is the best disinfectant. Um, and, and you're right. They came after Flynn, who was one of Obama's, I mean, one of General, um, General Flynn was one of Trump's top advisors. They came after me. I was the most powerful woman in the West Wing of the White House one of the most powerful people in the national security community. And if they could take us down, and just as you point out, nobody else has a chance. The other thing that they understand is that they can bankrupt you, whether they find you guilty of something, whether you are, whether they charge you with a crime, if they don't like you, they can bankrupt you because you have to pay for your own lawyer's fees. They have infinite resources Correct. and infinite ability to get everything um, every kind of record there is. So for General Flynn's case, I mean, he lost his house. Uh, 
He lost his pension. He's millions of dollars in debt. My legal defense cost me high six figures. And I didn't even meet any Russians. And and as you point out, I'm not new to this game. Um, but the, the overabuse is, is pretty significant. I think that's why it's really important to reelect President Trump, because if he's promised me personally a number of times, we're going to find out, we're going to get to the bottom of this, and we're going to get rid of these guys. Otherwise, All right, um, hang on just a second. Yeah, sure. Go, no, go ahead. Finish. Otherwise... It, it, otherwise, if, if you just get a couple of low-level, mid-level guys in the FBI and call it a day and say, well, that was who did it, it this will never nothing. stop. It means nothing. Yeah, it means it nothing. It's only orchestrated yeah, it at does. the highest level. Okay, so I want to talk about that when we come back. This is KT McFarland. Uh, she's former Trump uh, national security advisor. She is really a legend um, I think, uh, and a decent human being. She's, she's always been rock solid um, and a good individual. And I wanted you to hear her side of the story. She has a new book out. Uh, it's called Revolution. Uh, but I've wanted to talk to Katie for a while on this. And, and now, that we have, now that we have this information coming out about Flynn, she was right there. She saw it all. Uh, and they tried to do it to her. They did it to Flynn, but they couldn't do it to her. Uh, it's uh, the book is Revolution. I don't know exactly uh, how she's going to pay off her bills. I think that's why she wrote the bill, uh, wrote the book. Uh, and it is important. It's all about the inside story of what is happening to try to take Donald Trump out. And we'll talk to her and continue our conversation in just a minute. The name of the book is Revolution, KT McFarlane. All right. Uh, let me tell you about our sponsor. It's American Financing. Uh, I don't know if you heard last hour. If you missed any of the show, make sure you go to our podcast and get it today. We, I really talked a, a bit about how the government is trying to control things and the banks now are operating in total fear, even though they have nothing to lose. They're going to get their money. Um, but uh, they are now making you know credit if you go to chase manhattan would you have gotten your loan you have to have 20 percent down have to have at least a 700 in your credit score and you just have to have everything right in a row otherwise you're not getting a loan uh that's really gonna help don't go to the big banks for a loan i want you to call american financing american financing can help you on a mortgage a refi they can help you also on a uh, uh, consolidation loan because you've got to get out of those high-interest uh, credit cards. Please go to American Financing. Take 10, day, uh, 10, 10 minutes. It will not. Uh, there's no pressure. They're not going to uh, charge you anything for it. They're just going to have a 10-minute phone call with you. You tell them what you have, what you need, and they'll tell you if they can help you or not. It's a 10-minute phone call that could put hundreds of dollars in your pocket every single month. American Financing. Trust these guys. I've trusted them. They wanted to be a sponsor on the show before 2008. I said, no, I don't trust any of you guys. They said, we're not going to have any problems because we don't do that to our people. And they didn't. And uh, I took them on in 2009 after the crash because these this is a family-owned and operated thing that is just grown coast to coast and uh they still use and have the same values they always have 
and that you have. American Financing, 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440. It's AmericanFinancing.net. We take American 10 Financing, seconds. NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. 10 seconds, and we return with Katie McFarlane. All right, I want to talk to you real quick uh, before we go back to uh, Katie. Today is the last day. If you did not file your tax return last year and you have children under 17, you have to act today to get the 500 economic impact payment per child. Today is the last day. All you have to do is go to irs.gov, enter all the information in the non-filer tool. But again, to get this last day, if you didn't file last year, go to irs.gov, enter the information in the non-filer tool. Do it now. All right, Katie McFarland. Katie, we have the, the um, luxury today, being sarcastic, of not being able to know who to trust. There's, there's no real investigative reporting. Uh, for the first time in my life, I don't trust the system. I don't trust the FBI. I don't trust our, our, uh, our intelligence community. I don't know what the truth is on coronavirus or what's happening around the world or what's happening in our own justice system. How do, who do we trust and how do we get to the truth on all of this? You know, the one thing I think that I'm hopeful for is the Durham investigation and the current Attorney General, um, Bill Barr, they have both been, they have both really gone so much further than I ever thought the Justice Department would do. You know, the FBI director, he's basically, when he's been asked, he says, well, we got rid of the bad guys. Well, okay, but the system's still, you know, and we've changed a few regulations. This is never going to happen again. Are you kidding? It's going to happen again and again and again until the most senior people are brought to justice. If, if, the, um, if John Durham, who's investigating the investigators, the Mueller report and the Russian investigation, if he charges people like Comey or Andrew McCabe or others at the very highest levels, then I think there is a chance that those people will be brought to justice and all the dirty linen comes out and the sunlight shines, and then maybe we can have faith again in our in our intelligence community and our law enforcement community right now if an FBI agent came to my door i would treat him like a vampire i would not let him cross my threshold so i I would i would probably do the same um which is really sad we've always had trust for our law enforcement officials and i i still think the average guy is good. I just don't trust the system anymore. And a republic will not survive without that kind of uh, trust. I want to continue with uh, KT McFarland in just a second. Uh, she's the author of a new book called Revolution, where she looks into how, how Washington uh, attacked Donald Trump's revolution, deep state, and so much more coming up. You're listening to Glenn Beck. 
All right. People have been hearing the name Norton since really our, since we start, started having computers uh, and all of us would, you know, hear about cyber criminals. You know, when I had an Apple two C, what are they going to do? Norton has been around since we had Apple two C's and they have been uh, really watching all of our devices for a long time to make sure that we had all of the antivirus protection that we needed. Now it's a different world. We need layers of protection for your devices. And so you can maintain even your online privacy. I don't, I'm sorry, but I just don't want people collecting information on me. I don't want even Amazon collecting all the information and being able to predict everything that I do. It's none of their business. Norton 360 offers you a password manager and a powerful VPN with bank grade encryption. No one can prevent all cybercrime, but Norton 360 is the ally for your cyber safety. Get 50% off your first year with an annual subscription at Norton.com slash Beck. That's Norton.com slash Beck. 50% off. Terms do apply. There's not much time left to hear for the $30 off uh, offer here at BlazeTV.com. Go to BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn to get it while you can. We're talking to Katie McFarland. She is the former uh, deputy national security advisor uh, under Donald Trump. She's worked for Reagan and Ford and all of them uh, for a very long time. Uh, She has impeccable credentials um, and she has an inside look of what has happened. She's written about it in her new book to pay her legal bills. Uh, she's written a new book uh, that will take you through. It's really more like a novel, but it's all true, unfortunately, on the relentless uh, attack on Trump and you on the good side of nationalism. Nationalism can be very, very bad, but nationalism, as we're now finding out with coronavirus, is also really good if it's kept in check. Uh, This is all being done by deep state, uh, as it has now become known, people who just do not want their power taken from them, in fact, want more. And Katie, I want to ask you, because when we look at this coronavirus, there are so many things that are happening that are really questionable, uh, where we're not allowed to now listen to anybody else who has, you know, any kind of differing view scientifically on what's going on uh we are being really put in a cage for the very first time in american history and people don't like it and it seems to me like there is a a push from these big state people as how far can we push the american people and how can we use this crisis to our advantage to end this revolution of freedom you know, if the Chinese, it's very interesting to see the Chinese. And my background has always been in China. And I'm one of the first people to say, we got to really watch out for China. But the yeah. Chinese are going around the world now and telling everybody, look, we China, we know how to handle these problems. And look at the great job we're doing. They don't mention the fact or they ignore the fact or they try to disinform on the fact that it was because of them that the world has the problem. But they say mm-hmm. because they can... They have the the biggest surveillance state in world history. I mean, it's a total surveillance state. And they say, therefore, because we know where everybody is, we know what their temperatures are, we know what they're doing, we're able to deal with these coronavirus and these pandemics. Just think about that for a minute. 
What they're saying is that the new model of effectiveness is the Chinese surveillance state. And there is no better example than what's happening now. And, um, you know, look, America has got to get back to work. The Chinese don't want us to go back to work. They want us to be bankrupt. They want to be able to come out of this crisis within the next three or four years as, as having replaced the United States. And what does sure. the deep state want? They want to be in charge, too. And I'm not saying that these are disloyal people, but they have a very different idea of the function of government. And that's why the Constitution of the United States, and you're a historian, and I know you spent a lot of time thinking about the Constitution and our founding fathers and our, our foundational documents. We have the right to revolution. We were given that right. And it's a political it's revolution. It's our duty. It's our duty. It is, if the yeah, if yeah. this Declaration of Independence says it is not only your right, it is your duty to shake off the chains of a government that takes uh, and abuses these rights. That's why the American people, the only way this gets solved, whether it's the abuse of power by the Justice Department or the FBI or the coming abuse of power by the deep state state government which wants to run everything is that we the people go to the polls throw the bums out and demand change because otherwise it's lost you know otherwise we never get back to what we were intended to be which is a government that is run by people and and the free free choice of an individual i mean i think it really is because of if every individual has a conscience and a soul, and every individual is responsible for the choices he makes in his life, and writ large, that's every individual together, added together, is responsible for his nation and choosing his leaders and throwing the bums out when they don't do the job. So people should never sit home again on Election Day. Go to the polls. Vote for the guy who's going to protect your freedom. Get the, the country going again, because if we don't, if we just become slaves to big government, we'll never get it back. Once it's gone, it's lost forever. You know, there was a story that came out today how these police departments are using these Chinese-made drones. And they are afraid now that all that information is being sent back uh, to China. I mean, China is a real threat, not only to the United States, but to all mankind that believes in any kind of freedom with what they have wanted to do with 5G and are doing to most mm-hmm. of the world. Uh, and and their gathering of information and their gathering of lines of communication is truly terrifying. And we don't it's seem not, to have a yeah. press. The, the press is in bed with China, U- Universal, yep. Disney, all in bed with China. Uh, and, and so is Google and Facebook and all of those people. I mean, how, yeah. how do you and, and, and how do you beat that? Wall Street. I right. think the only right. thing, the only way we Wall Street, because they're making money on China and they're all right. such useful idiots that they don't realize what the Chinese have in, have intended, and speak openly about what their goal is. They're creating a, oh, yeah. a Eurasian trading block with a land-based and a maritime-based trading block. There, as you point out, they want to control the Internet of the future. They want to control the technologies of the future. And they're well on the way to doing it. And, it, and they're using this moment of economic distress to buy up the technology companies of the West, of of Britain, Mm -hmm. particularly in the United States. They're buying them at fire sale Mm -hmm. prices because they intend to be running the world when this is over. What's our defense? The only thing we have is the American people and 
and really standing up. And as you point out, it's not just your right. Darn it, this time it's your responsibility. Because four years from now, five years from now, eight years from now, it is a Chinese world order. And then once it's gone, it never comes back. Now, it's not too late, but the time is bring supply chain home, work with other countries that believe in a rule of law and democracy and free markets, and maintain the technology high ground. Invest more in technology. We're the greatest innovators in the world. The Chinese cannot invent and innovate. They can buy, they can steal, but they can't innovate. Encourage American innovation, and then, darn it, make sure that it stays here, and don't let them borrow it, buy it, steal it, or beg it for it. Keep it. Let me go back to let me go back to General Flynn here for a second. Um, mm-hmm. General Flynn was let go by the administration, not because of the FBI investigation, but because it was said that he lied to Pence. Is that true? Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think that a lot of things led to his firing. He was already in, in sort of shaky ground um, with President Trump and already had been pretty damaged by a lot of the press. Um, I think that the intelligence community was leaking classified information as well as made up information to try to discredit and destroy General Flynn. Every three days, and I was was watching this very carefully because I had to respond to a lot of it. General Flynn, there would be a bad story about General Flynn is bad for this reason or bad for that reason. And it would have an echo chamber. It usually came out in the Washington Post or the New York Times or CNN, and then it would echo around for a day or two. And then when it was just dying down, there'd be a news story that came out, again, emanating from the intelligence community about how bad General Flynn was. So I think that a number of things contributed to his firing. He was already in a pretty weakened position as national security advisor. And because of a lot of the chaos at the beginning of the Trump administration, chaos that should be expected because this was a not a bunch of Washington insiders moving into the White yeah. House. It was a bunch of new people and with new ideas. And it was a rebellion by the bureaucracy to just get rid of anybody who challenged their authority. I, wa- I don't know what General Flynn said to um, Vice President Pence, only the two of them know, and if anybody else was listening in. So I can't really speak to did he lie, did he not lie, because I don't want to talk about something that I'm not personally knowledgeable of. Sure. Um, you were offered a gig as the ambassador, I think it was to Singapore. Um, yeah. That never happened. Is is? Do you think, th- th- because we did a lot of work into what was happening in Ukraine with the State Department, and I think the State Department is another place that just needs to be fumigated, um, and just that has to be cut down to the bone. Did you? Do you think that there the reason you didn't get that, or why it just kind of disappeared, is because you are again a revolutionary, and there are things in the State Department that are very much like the intelligence community, or what happened there? I think that what happened with me was that um, that my nomination to Singapore, the Democrats didn't like it because I represented Trump, but it's hard to say that I wasn't qualified. I mean, my undergraduate degree was in Chinese. Um, So I think they would have had a hard time on that one. But when the Flynn investigation got going, there were a series of leaks from the intelligence community or probably even from the Mueller investigation to the media that painted me as a traitor um, and and took emails that I'd written that I hadn't seen uh, for a year and and cut and pasted 
took them out of context and then painted me in a very, you know, like you said, destroyed my reputation and my integrity. And they were all made up or or taken out of context and twisted around. It's like if you say it's not going to rain today, then just take the word not out. And it sounds like you're right. saying it's going to rain today. So that's what they right. did. And the New York Times had to retract um, and rewrite their story a number of times for accuracy, watering it down. But by then, it really had taken off. So I think that at that point, I didn't want to dangle in the wind. And I asked President Trump to withdraw my nomination because the Democrats and their like-minded allies in the partisan media and in the intelligence community wanted me dangling forever. And I said, screw that. I'm not going to be dangled forever. And my husband and I left the country um, when Mueller was realized that I wasn't going to give him what they wanted. And I went away and tried to make sense of it all. And I went to the most remote part of Scotland in the Hebrides. No phone, no Wi-Fi, mm. no TV, no nothing. And I just tried to think about what's going on here. And I came out of it with a, actually a pretty optimistic um, view of America, which is the one that you and I just talked about. This is a revolution. America has revolutions. We're supposed to have political revolutions, and we have them roughly every 40 years when the government gets so entrenched in its own power that it stops working for the people. And because we're a dynamic society, we need changes, and yet government, by its very nature, is not nimble. It's status quo. So I think what we are going through with President Trump is a revolution. I think we went through it with Reagan. I think we went through it with FDR, with Teddy Roosevelt with Abraham Lincoln, with Andrew Jackson, and then the original American Revolution. But this is, this is a miserable time to go through. But when it's over, America has always emerged from these revolutions stronger, more committed, more prosperous, and a much better nation for it. So I think that we come out of this sort of purgatory that we go through, and we'll be a better nation for it, but only if the people participate. Kate Heath, uh, it is it's great to hear from you again. It's great to talk to you again. I've always had so much respect for uh, your opinion and all of the work that you have done. Uh, and uh, I would only hope that if I had gone through what you have gone through after the, the decades of service to this country, uh, that I would be able to come out as hopeful as, uh, as you are. I can't imagine how devastating it was to have your own people turn on you and you know, accuse you of being a traitor and and to see the 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 what the Justice Department had turned into. It must have been devastating. So thank but you, you know something. There was an old Scottish refrain that said, I'm hurt, but I am not slain. I will lay me down and bleed a while and then I will rise and fight again. I'm ready to fight again. I'm glad to hear it. Katie McFarlane, uh, the name of the book is Revolution. Uh, Trump's Washington and We the People by Katie McFarlane. You can get it anywhere. Thank you so much, Katie. Appreciate it. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you. You bet. We'll talk to you again. All right. I want to talk to you a little bit about real estate. Uh, Look, nobody can predict the future, but uh, I I think we are in for a real estate just bloodbath. Um, I, I hope that I'm wrong. But I think a, a bloodbath is coming. You know, she was just talking about China, how China is buying everything at a fire sale. Uh, that's what's that's what's coming. Fire sales on just about everything. Uh, and that could include your house. So if you are looking to sell your house, do it now. 
and, and you need a great real estate agent to tell you what's what is the market saying? What is the market doing? What can I do to improve my house and get it ready to sale uh, to sell immediately? Um, do it right now. Uh, loans are going to get harder to get. Uh, and I think prices are going to go down. So please reach out to realestateagentsitrust.com. I want you to do your own homework. Don't just take my word for it. These are the people that we have found that we think are the best in your area. If we don't have somebody in your area, we won't recommend somebody. These are people that we have hand-selected and vetted uh, and monitor all the time. They don't work for us. We just are a referral service, and it's free to you. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Find the agent that is going to get your home sold for the most amount of money and fast. Please do it now. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Tomorrow night on Glenn TV. The Democrats claim to be the party that believes all women. But what about Tara Reid? Joe Biden is Joe Biden. He's a person of great values. So I want to remove all doubt in anyone's mind. Glenn examines the allegations against Joe Biden and does what the left and the media didn't do for Brett Kavanaugh. Follow the facts. Watch Glenn expose the dangerous Me Too hypocrisy of the left. Tomorrow at 9 p.m. Eastern at blazetv.com slash Glenn. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Uh, one of the best guests I've ever had on my show is the author of Biohazard. He's Ken Alabek. He was the head of the Soviet weapons, biological weapons laboratory. It is absolutely bone chilling. Uh, I wanted to get his opinion on what China did. So we're going to talk to him coming up in a minute. Also, I thought it would be really interesting to get Matt Bevan on uh, the former Kentucky governor. Uh, would things look different in Kentucky if you would have Matt Bevin uh, as your governor? We're going to talk to him about the authorities in Kentucky and the governor of Kentucky and how they're handling and balancing balancing liberty with safety. Uh, Matt Bevin and Ken Alabeck coming up next. An hour you don't want to miss. You miss a minute, you'll miss a lot. Stick with us. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Thank you so much. Great, great, powerful hour coming up in just a second. Stand by. Stu has to tell us a little bit about Home Title Lock. Yep, Home Title Lock is uh, dealing with one of the fastest growing crimes in America. And it does not stop when everyone's home for coronavirus time. That's it. Unfortunately, home title fraud continues. Uh, criminals can find the title of your uh, homes uh, online. And then they can file fraudulent documents claiming that they own it. It's a crazy, crazy seconds. thing that goes on here, but it's also very real. People have lost their homes. They've been evicted uh, from you know banks they didn't even have know existed. Uh, sometimes they're uh, foreign banks, uh, and you know, look, it all counts. And you you got to come up with the money, or you're going to get thrown out of your own house. HomeTitleLock.com is a place to go to register your address, see if you've already been a victim of this and just didn't know about it yet. Then sign up to help protect your home's legal title. It's 2020. You can't afford to assume that your home's title isn't at risk. HomeTitleLock.com is the place to go. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the code BACK for a month of free protection now. HomeTitleLock.com.
fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. Hello, America, and uh, welcome to Tuesday. One of the most chilling books I have ever read, one that I probably bring up to others that have uh, have read it or when we're talking about anything, any kind of biohazard, I always mention, have you ever read the book Biohazard? It is terrifying. It is the story of the largest covert biological weapons program in the world, and it's told by the guy who actually ran it, and it was, I mean... It, while we were freaking out about nuclear weapons with the Soviet Union, this team of doctors was hell-bent on finding a biological Armageddon. And it's terrifying. As soon as the wall came down, this guy got over to the United States quickly to tell his story. Um, he's with us now. We're going to spend a few minutes with him. We need to have him on again because he's just fascinating. But uh, we want to talk to him a little bit about... What's happening in China, and is there anything we should be worried about here with the coronavirus? What does the guy who ran a communist country's uh, weapons, biological weapons laboratories, think about what happened in China and the origins of COVID-19? We begin with him in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I want to talk to you a little bit about pain. If you are in pain, please, there is a drug-free way uh, to get out of pain, and it is called Relief Factor. Now, it works uh, in 70% of the people. 70%, I could say it this way, 70% of the people who take it go on to order more. Now, why would you order more if it wasn't working? As I tell you, you just try it for three weeks. And if you start to see the effects lessening, then you're part of that 70% that's going to see real results. Some people don't see results on it. That's fine. It doesn't work for everybody. It worked like a miracle drug for me. I still take it three times a day. It's called Relief Factor, and it reduces the inflammation. It's not a drug, but developed by doctors. Order their three-week quick start for now, $19.95. Don't have a lot to lose. You have a lot to gain back. Your life without pain. ReliefFactor.com. That's ReliefFactor.com. 800-583-84. ReliefFactor.com. So Ken Alabak, uh, he was born in uh, Kazakhstan in 1950. He went to the uh, Tomzik Medical Institute in the former Soviet Union. He majored in infectious diseases and epidemiology. He has, and I don't know if I'd want this on my resume. This is really kind of weird and frightening. He holds a Ph.D. in microbiology for research and development of the plague and Tulmeria biological weapons. He also has a doctorate of science in biotechnology for developing the technology to manufacture anthrax on an industrial scale. He ran the Soviet Union's bioweapons labs. Uh, and when you, when you read his book, which came out years ago, and you find out how he really became the director, I mean, it's terrifying what they were doing over there. When the Soviet Union collapsed, he immediately came over and defected uh, to the West. He's a guy. I'm glad he's on our side. Welcome to the program, uh, Ken Alabek. Hello. Good morning. How, how are you, sir? I'm fine. How about you? 
Uh, <laughs> I'm fine. Um, okay, I uh, I want to. I want to talk to you about, uh, first of all, tell for anybody who hasn't read your book, I think it came out, what, in the 90s or early 2000s? Uh, uh, the first edition uh, came out in 1999. Then, since then, we had uh, yeah. several new editions here in the United yeah. States in, in many other countries. Well, I have a... Uh, I have a first edition. I, I, I was, This is the most chilling book I've ever read. Um, tell... Tell people the difference between uh, the United States and the former Soviet Union on how we look for cures uh, before we weaponize. You didn't feel that there was any weapon that was really a good weapon in the Soviet Union unless there was no cure. I have that right? Uh, Absolutely. Uh, You know, uh, general principles uh, for designing and making biological weapons uh, in the Soviet Union and the United States were absolutely different. In the United States, uh, there was a requirement, because the United States program continued from 1943 to 1971-72. And the major principle was uh, not to develop uh, any biological weapon if there is no uh, cure of uh, of vaccination. Uh, In the Soviet Union, uh, the principle was different. there was no much interest in biological weapons if there was uh, a cure. Uh, it doesn't mean uh, that uh, no weapons were developed uh, if there was no cure. Uh, I mean, there was cure, but major focus was on something for, uh, which wouldn't wouldn't be treatable. That's terrifying. Um, now, Ken, the difference between the United States and the Soviet Union, especially towards the end, uh, in safety procedures in these real bioweapons labs, did the Soviet Union have the kind of safety procedures that we have? Is it the same? Um, was it the same, especially towards the end? Uh, I would say in the Soviet Union, uh, there were strong requirements uh, just to have a very strict uh, biosafety uh, for when we worked with uh, some contagious agents. Specifically, the work with uh, Ebola, hemorrhagic fever, smallpox, mm. uh, then uh, Marburg, hemorrhagic fever. There was a requirement not to uh, do any work if there was no uh, quarantine after finishing certain work. For example, we had some groups working, for example, for two weeks or three weeks. Then after finishing the work, uh, uh, they were not allowed uh, just to leave the facility. They were staying Right. Uh, it's a certain quarantine facility just had for for quarantine for 14 days and after this they were allowed witness to come out okay so now let me switch to china um china do they does this communist country have the same kind of philosophy at, of biological weapons that the soviets had uh logically uh you know, at that time we didn't know much about uh, a chinese biological weapons program but uh, there was some information coming uh even at that time we had some uh information we called it special information uh coming from some intelligence uh agencies of the soviet union uh, describing what was happening in china at that time uh china had a biological weapons program we didn't know much about uh, the actual size and number of facilities, but it was obvious uh, there were some efforts to design biological weapons. 
So now that we are facing the coronavirus, um, do they have the same kind of standards that you had in the Soviet Union and that we have here on these bioweapons labs? Uh, you know, uh, a while ago, I heard such a question coming from uh, my readers. And uh, I was explaining uh, how uh, these facilities should function. I mean, what levels of uh, protection in order not to let virus coming out. And to me, it was a kind of... Uh, rule uh, in which we knew, for example, if there is no this level of protection, uh, uh, nobody would do any work uh, with uh, contagious agents. You know, if uh, we analyze, and that's what actually I thought about uh, this facility in Wuhan, uh, in China, but uh, some information coming that uh, the facility was not so uh, strictly, uh, I mean, I didn't have uh, a strict requirements on biosafety, whether it's true or not. Of course, it's still to be seen and investigated. But if there was no rule, let me say, not to stay in quarantine for at least 14 days, the probability the virus is coming from the lab actually exists. That's what. So uh, I, I don't. I, I don't believe that this was a biological weapon or intentionally released. It looks like it might be just sloppy work followed by. Uh, you know, like the Soviet Union with Chernobyl, just doing everything they can to cover, uh, you know, for the state. Would you say that that is a safe bet or not? Yeah, uh, I would. Uh, I would agree with uh, what you say. You know, just uh, for some while, I was trying to collect all information about how it happened, when it happened, and you know, just uh, I collected some uh, dates uh, in uh, December. Uh, some in November, in December, and January, and it was clear to me that uh, there was a pattern uh, when we saw some uh, people infected, for example, from a group of three, then a bigger number, and by the time, uh, looks like it was the beginning of January, let me say, we saw already it was uh, a much bigger number of uh, people infected than uh, uh, Chinese actually reported, but at that time they didn't report anything. But at the same time, when we talk about uh, whether it's uh, an intentional attack or it's uh, an accidental release or somebody was infected from uh, some uh, wild source, it's obvious uh, it was not uh, a biological attack because in case of a biological attack, we would see a big number of people infected within a short period of time. In this case, mm-hmm. we saw some uh, very small numbers, but what Chinese reported, they said they didn't find uh, 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 zero patient, patient zero. Because a zero patient actually is usually a patient who was first infected and started distributing infecting others. They found some uh, people who were uh, the first, I would say, in uh, in the line to start the infection, but uh, the actual uh, first patient, I mean, uh, patient zero, was not reported. Was it done intentionally or not? Uh, and some people say, uh, because we know when we do uh, epidemiological investigation, we can go and we actually can find, for example, if you find three people, for example, infected, just investigation by collecting information, they can show, for example, they, where they were, uh, what they did. Right. And finally, we, we can say, okay, uh, they con- uh, contacted this particular person. And if this person already dead or uh, survived, but at, at least we can say, okay, in our chain of investigation, we found the one who was the first one. But if it's uh, not known and Chinese didn't want to release 
this information. There is a very high likelihood that this person was coming from a lab. Uh, uh, we're talking to Ken uh, Elebeck. He is the author of Biohazard. He ran the the Soviet bioweapons uh, laboratory, the the biggest bioweapons program in the world. Um, and we just wanted to get touch base with him on on what's happening with China. Um, Ken, when you look at this, when you look at this coronavirus, um, you're now in in biodefense. Um, are we doing the right things by staying in and closing the world down what what is this virus i mean we've never done this in the history of the world are we doing the right thing or what should we be doing uh, uh it's interesting from this it's uh in many cases uh, uh sometimes it seems to me maybe i'm wrong but you know just if i'm wrong for example just would be happy if somebody corrects me but you know what uh it looks like uh sometimes we don't get our lessons the first lesson uh, we got, it was uh, a Spanish flu, 1918. And if we analyze, for example, what was happening uh, just 100 years ago with what we do now, and you can see exactly we, we haven't develop, developed any new measures for protection compared to what we had 100 years ago. Same situations with uh, social distancing, uh, masks, and, and that's it. Nothing new. And you know, but it cannot be a situation, okay, okay one, uh, through the period of 100 years, yes, we found no solution. It's, it's really, uh, I mean, just, uh, I would say strange. But then uh, we shouldn't forget, let me say, other epidemics. It's uh, a SARS epidemic, first coronavirus epidemic in China, coming from China. In fact, in many people at different locations, different countries. It was not so big, but it was the first sign, for example, okay, a coronavirus is coming. And uh, I consulted Singapore, uh, the government of Singapore, 2003-2004, and just and we knew at that time that uh, that virus, uh, let's call it uh, SARS-1, it had a very high mutation rate. And you know what, what it means in this case? It means uh, the probability that somebody who was infected first would pass the virus to another person, but the virus will be already different because it's uh, mm-hmm. mutated. It means, for example, in terms of uh, vaccination uh, or some other things, for example, we already deal with some other viruses. Not necessarily absolutely different, but, but some difference would be already obvious. But in this case, uh, if uh, just, I do remember all these uh, discussions at that time at different levels. And we discussed the necessity just to develop vaccines, uh, just to, uh, and it's interesting from this point, there is a very sophisticated uh, agency in the United States with the name of DARPA, Defense uh, uh, def- uh, Defense Threat Reduction Agency. It's a, it's a, it's a, the agency of the Department of Defense, which is mm-hmm. focused on high risk, high payoff problems. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and it had a program with the name of uh, non-conventional or unconventional pathogen countermeasures. It started sometime in 2000, 2001, just exactly after this terrorist attack in uh, New York City. And uh, the research was so sophisticated, so many new things have been uh, designed to develop. Uh, We call them non-specific defense against unknown threats. And have no idea what happened in 2003, uh, 2006 or 2007, the program was closed down. But it was the most mm-hmm. promising program just to t- defend people because, you know, just when we talk about vaccination, you know, just 
everybody rely on vaccines. But how can we, in the beginning of 21st century, rely on defenses coming uh, from the 19th century? You know what, what's happening in this case? Yes, vaccines are important, but vaccines are coming uh, from a former threat. You, you know what I mean? You know, just because, because yes. we, we, develop, we develop... It's constantly... Yeah, it's constantly yeah. changing, and it's, you can't keep up with it. You've got to get ahead of it. Yeah, today is coronavirus. Tomorrow yeah. could, could be new Ebola. It could be something different. In this case, you know, there is a kind of uh, a saying, okay, generals are fighting previous wars, not future wars. In this case, what yes. we do in this case, we fight previous infections, previous epidemics. Because next epidemic, if you take a look, uh, SARS-1, uh, 2000, 2000, uh, 2004, mm-hmm. MERS, another coronavirus, 2012, and continued for several years. They are different. Now we're having a situation with SARS, uh, I would say, uh, the third one. But the problem is, if somebody analyzes the differences between these epidemics, they would see a dramatic difference because people were not scared. And in this case, uh, we thought, okay, this infection wouldn't cause any significant damage. But it was changing. And if we compare them, we'll see those epidemics were quite limited by size, a number of deaths, and so on and so forth. But we suspected, and we published articles. We published articles in 2004, 2003, 2006, saying, okay, guys, we need to be ready for a pandemic. I do remember my uh, article published in the Journal of uh, Future Virology, and uh, we specifically, uh, a group of four, we said, okay, guys, we need to be ready for a new uh, pandemic. It was said 14 years ago. And you know, just and we well, see, it, we, I, I will tell you, Ken, um, that uh, George Bush was the last president that really took this seriously. And he's the guy that put that DARPA program in. And it was uh, it was in the change of the administration that that thing, I think the DARPA was canceled. But all of his preparations uh, also went by the wayside. He actually really believed in it. Uh, and others didn't think it was a priority, and it's a it's a shame that we didn't pursue that. I've got to run for a network break, but Ken, it is great to talk to you. Thank you for um, all of your work. Thank you for your work in biodefense. No, thank you for all the stuff that you did in the Soviet Union, but uh, I mean, it brought you where you are today. So thank you so much, Ken. Appreciate it. Okay. Mm-hmm. The thank name the name of his book is called Biohazard. It is bone chilling. It is one of the best, one of the best books I've ever read. All true. Uh, all right. I want to talk to you about Car Shield right now. Here's what's going to happen. Uh, cars are going to get harder to get. You're going to get a hard time getting a loan for a uh, automobile, perhaps. Um, otherwise, we're going to be bailing out um, GMAC again. Oh. But it's going to get harder to get a loan. It's, you're going to have a harder time uh, just affording a new car. Uh, and so you got to take care of what you have right now. The best thing you can do if you have a warranty that has expired on your car is to get some extended coverage from CarShield. CarShield is the the number one uh, umbrella that 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 is uh, available uh, in the United States. It it takes care of all of the big issues that your car could have that are going to cost you an arm and a leg like it's a stupid sensor. It'll cost you three grand. You don't have three grand. Nobody has three grand just to blow on your car. That's where CarShield comes in. And you can 
choose the dealership to do it or your mechanic. They pay them directly. You don't have to wait for the check. They have 24-7 roadside assistance that's free. They get a free rental car while yours is in the shop. This is no hassle. And it's 99 bucks a month. Um, you can design this any way you want to cover the things that you really want. Uh, it starts at 99 bucks, and it is so worth it because you can't afford to have your car in the shop. Can't do it. And can't afford the hit and got to have a car. So let CarShield do it. CarShield.com. That's CarShield.com. Use the promo code BECK. Save 10%. 1-800-CAR-6000 or CarShield.com. Code BECK. 10 seconds. Station ID. All right, we have uh, Matt Bevan, the former governor of uh, Kentucky, coming up in just a second, right after the bottom of the hour break. Uh, Matt is a fascinating guy, a close, close call. Uh, he just barely lost his governorship, and it has gone into the hands of a governor that is just seemingly power-hungry. Uh, draconian things have been happening, like to get... Matt Bevin's view on what might be different and what can the people of Kentucky do. You're listening to Glenn Beck. All right, LifeLock. So, you know, you're you're picking up the stuff you need for Cinco de Mayo. Tacos, check. Beer, check. Um, that's pretty much it, I think. Uh, you go to the ATM to get cash out for your, your beer and your, your hamburger, I guess. Uh, and it turns out you have no money. What happened? Well, just moments ago, you were filthy rich from all that COVID-19 money that the government has sent you. Now there's nothing there. Uh, Cinco de Cryo. You know what I'm saying? Because you fell victim to the classic blunder. Inconceivable. You've been using devices on open public Wi-Fi and some criminal has come along and helped him, you know, himself to your identity. This is where LifeLock comes in. They do everything they can to make sure that they are protecting your butt. And if something happens, they're there to help you fix it. Nobody can prevent all identity theft and monitor all transactions, but they're the best. And the best thing is, if somebody steals your identity, I don't know what to do. They do, and they have the team to help you. Save up to 25% off your first year by using the promo code Beck at LifeLock.com. That's LifeLock.com, 1-800-LIFELOCK. 30 bucks off your Blaze TV subscription that offer's going away soon, so you might want to pick it up. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn for that 30 bucks off. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to Tuesday. We've got a great Wednesday night special on for you uh, tomorrow night. We are going to be looking at the press and how they destroyed Kavanaugh and uh, how they're treating Joe Biden. That is coming up uh, tomorrow, 9 p.m., only on The Blaze. If you really want to understand this Tara Reid thing, we're going to look at this uh, from all angles and try to give you our best our you know our best read on it trying to be fair to everybody i don't like trying people in uh, public but mm, what's happening 
uh, and why the double standard. Why am I even saying that? You know why there's a double standard. By the way, there is some a newsmaker that I really, really want to talk to. And there's no way to get this newsmaker's name or phone number or anything else uh, because uh, it involves a minor. But I really want to talk to the mom of the five-year-old in northern Utah that took her car, started it up, drove away, took two streets, got onto the highway, and was headed towards California because mom said she wouldn't buy him a Lamborghini. So he was going to California to buy one himself. It is the best story of the week. Uh, And I really want to talk to the mom. She might be fuming, uh, but... uh, it's an amazing story. This five-year-old kid was sitting on the edge of the seat in the you know van or the, the Bronco or whatever it was, just sitting on the edge of the seat so he could reach the pedals. And somehow or another, he knew how to drive, navigated, knew how to get on the freeway. And why he thought he had to go to California to get a Lamborghini, I don't know. But And maybe he was right about that. I don't know if they sell Lamborghinis in Utah. Maybe they don't. Maybe that five-year-old knew more than I did. Uh, But uh, I just love that story. If you happen to know who that is or that happens to be you, uh, would you please uh, just uh, call our studios, 888-727-BECK, if you can get us into touch with uh, those people. I just think it's a great story. Uh, You know, the other good story is... um, and I don't want the phones to blow up on the. I shouldn't even. Now, you know what? Don't call. Because if I say, who thinks uh, Michelle Obama is way better looking than Melania Trump? I know the phones will go down. The circuits will break. And uh, and I don't, you know, so don't call. Um, that's what Don Lemon was saying. <laughs> Don Lemon was saying, uh you know, that uh, Barack Obama is smarter, better looking, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, maybe it's maybe it's the fact that Michelle Obama is so much better looking than Melania Trump. With an exception of blind, the blind people, uh, I don't think anyone else will agree with that. Uh, maybe so, maybe Barack. Hmm. Here, here's what he said. Here's what he said. Listen, what is it about President Obama that really gets under your skin? Is it because he's smarter than you? Better educated? This is news. This is news. Made it on his own. Didn't need daddy's help. Made it on his own. His wife is more accomplished. Better looking. Accomplished. I don't know. What is it? What is it about him? That he's a black man that's accomplished, became president. Listen to that. That he punked you on the whole birth certificate thing. What is it about him? Punked you on it. What? Just wondering. <laughs> what a jerk. I mean, what is what this? What a jerk. That's, that's news? I don't know. I don't know. That was a personal message to the president. Uh, and uh, he just trying to get him all riled up to get him to respond. I got news for you guys. The president's not watching Don Lemon. Here's why. He's irrelevant. If he was watching Don Lemon, it would double the size of Don Lemon's audience. 
And that's only assuming that the cameraman is actually watching what is on the other side of the lens. Yeah, you can't assume that so, now, especially with phones. He could be on Netflix. He could be on Hulu. Quibi might be yeah. a Quibi subscriber. I mean, you just don't know. You know, first of all, the, what, he didn't punk Donald Trump on the birth certificate thing. <laughs> that's right. just a ridiculous. Well, first of all. First of all, well, that's admitting that Donald that uh, Barack Obama was involved in the birth certificate thing and wanted that to right. be that way. They they said absolutely not because we used to say just release the damn thing. No, why? Why? He's not punking people. He's not right. Yes, he is. Oh, yeah, you just I, release the damn I thing early. A, yeah, look, I think he loved yeah. that controversy. It, it was he an easy way it. to demean to demean and dismiss every one of his opponents. Right, and you just see and here is. Birthers. Right. And here is Don Lemon admitting that. But when you're saying Melania Trump is more accomplished, I mean, uh, that Michelle Obama is more accomplished. Really? Is she than a globally known supermodel? I mean, I think they're both pretty accomplished. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, they both Mich- have good careers. Yeah. Michelle was a lawyer, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah. I mean, certainly one had I mean, certainly a lot more fame, but uh, you yeah. know, Michelle Obama. But they're both accomplished. Yeah. They they're both, both accomplished. Good careers. Both have good careers. Uh, I'll get to the better looking here in a minute. But uh, the other is what do he that Barack, are you upset that Barack Obama made it on his own? Uh, no, no, he didn't. Remember, Barack Obama always said how he didn't make it on his own. He always needed the government's help or somebody's help. He never made anything on his own. I think if you asked uh, President Obama, he would tell you that he didn't build that. That would be the way he probably phrase it. Yeah. Um, Well, maybe. I don't know why that sounds familiar. It it does. uh, Yeah. Uh, And, uh, you know, better educated. They both had pretty good educations. Uh, You know, Wharton School of uh, Finance is a pretty good school. Uh, we know that uh, Barack Obama also had a high, you know, level of education. I, I don't, I don't know what part of that is. I, I, like, it is a a bizarre thing. I mean, didn't need daddy's help. I guess, like, maybe that's a a, a burn. I don't, in some way, to maybe Don because... Lemon. I guess, but I mean, you know, daddy wasn't really, you know, around all that often uh, for Barack. Uh, was uh, you know. Donald Trump's dad did have, uh, you know, gave him a, certainly a, a big head start in life. I don't think there's anything. Mm-hmm. By the way, that's why you. That's why you try to make. That's why you try to make money as a dad. Uh, you know, that's uh, the people are. Like, oh, I can't believe you got this handout. Why do you think dad works hard? Dad doesn't work hard. Uh, you know, is solely so he can, uh, you know, shower himself with gifts. The reason why you work hard long be beyond the point where the money uh, that you have is going to be spent by you is to give your kid some sort of uh, cushion, right? So if they screw up, there's or, nothing wrong. There's with nothing that. wrong with that. There's that's what you're supposed wrong to do that. as a dad. Like, well, like this idea that that's a horror. Like, which one's better? Like, would you rather have a dad that worked their ass off and built a giant company in New York City and handed down a bunch of money to their kids, or one that kind of disappeared and went back and live and was married to several other women at the same time in another in another continent? I mean, which one? Which one would you rather have? Wow. Uh, I've got a preference wow. there. Listen to that. Uh, so I, I, it's, I know. Yeah. Listen to it because it's true. And you know, look, hatred there. I, hatred for what? For, for dads that aren't around. I mean, that's, it's certainly not a, 
My, not my dads ideal. Dads that are different than yours. That's what it is. Dads that were just <laughs> yeah. different than yours. I will say that is you are much afraid of differences. Both yeah, of them are different than mine. My dad did not hand me down millions of dollars or move to Kenya to live with his other wives. Neither one of yeah. those uh, was my dad. Uh, <laughs> so but, again, it's with the differences. But notice he's more fine with the white dad. But that's a different. That's just a different story. Do you, do you think that's just that, racism? Do you think that Barack Obama is under Donald? trump's skin at this point like i i don't even know i mean he trump clearly used barack obama as a rallying point for his supporters uh in the lead up to when he decided to run for president right like he clearly did that and as anybody would right like if if uh, guess what? Mm-hmm. I bet you Joe Biden might mention Donald Trump a few times uh, to rally his supporters. Right. That's what you do as a candidate. Uh, but I don't think that Donald Trump has shown any level of obsession with Barack Obama. Uh, you know, like before mm-hmm. he was running, when he was doing the the birth certificate thing. I mean, that was you know, I, I, you know. Look, I we said that's from the beginning, campaign. That's, it was nonsense. That's a campaign. It was before the campaign, mostly. Campaign. Right. It was about like yeah, getting right. his he name what he sort doing. of in the political yeah. sphere. Maybe I don't yes. know what that was about, yes. but still, like yes. I, I don't think there's any evidence. Certainly, since he's been president, that he's been obsessed with Barack Obama. Uh, he's certainly he talks about Hillary a hell of a lot more than Barack Obama. I mean, I don't know. Barack Obama isn't much of a factor at all, other than the fact that, the, you know, that there was a, a bunch of shady activity that happened right at the end of his administration, which is something that I would be concerned about if I were president. All right, let me uh, let me switch topics here real quick. So we got to we have to uh, award the uh, the winner here for what's new in Glenn's studio uh, today. What are, what are our guesses? Somebody gets a uh, signed copy of my new book, Arguing with Socialists. Arguing with Socialists. We have uh, Glenn is wearing Woodrow Wilson's hairpiece. Is that accurate, Glenn? Uh, you... No, no, it's not. That would, I, no, that mm-hmm. would be new if you were doing that. No, uh, Glenn is no, wearing uh, uh, Elvis's Hawaiian shirt. No, that's not uh, accurate as, uh, well, as we should, well. We should point out to the radio listeners that you are, in fact, wearing a Hawaiian shirt today. And uh, a hairpiece. Uh, so so there you go no <laughs> uh, a lot of people guessing that you got a haircut is that accurate did you get a haircut no because that would be no, you, you would not. have to throw you in prison if you did that yes so of course no, you're not going to get a haircut mm-hmm. um no, how about just combed it today the let's see um the gun rifle behind glenn which is a good place bing, to bing, put bing. yes mm, it's a good place to right put something me. in the contest because people can't see behind you because you are there yeah uh, however one person yeah. apparently did see behind you somehow and sees the rifle well, i had to make it i had to make it a little more difficult mm. uh so yes it, it it is a rifle that is the rifle have you ever heard of the musical annie get your gun mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's the story of annie oakley Go ahead, Stu. Yes, Annie Oakley. Mm. It's better than Little Orphan Annie. Yeah. Uh, Annie Oakley. <laughs> uh, she was she was an amazing sharpshooter. Uh, this is and she would go out uh, with uh, Wild Bill and, uh, and and travel the country and do Wild West shows. I'm trying to remember who else was was it? It wasn't was it Sitting Bull that went out as well? I think it was Sitting Bull that went out as well. And they would they would uh, recreate the famous cowboy and indian battles uh out you know in the middle of you know town and you could go and watch them uh and they would do these these wild west shows and they were fantastic annie would come out because she was a sharpshooter and she would take a coin 
uh, and she would take her gun and she would somebody would throw the coin up and she would shoot a hole in it. This is a coin uh, that's about the size of about a half dollar. Here's a U.S. silver dollar. So here's a half dollar. Uh, so it's about the size of a 50 cent piece, a little smaller. And uh, somebody would throw it up and she would shoot a hole right through the center of it. That's an amazing shot. An amazing shot. Uh, that is one of the guns uh, that she would use during uh, her her Wild West uh, shows. I think she's she's a fascinating character in history. Uh, every day we give something out. I put some historic item that's either from my collection or the collection of Mercury One uh, and uh, tell you a little story about whatever that item is. Um, you can win a book if you're the first one to just use hashtag Glenn Studio. Uh, and tell us what the new the new item is. We'll do it again on tomorrow's broadcast. More in just a second. Oh yeah, that was pretty cool of you. Wild, mm-hmm. yes. Well, I'm wearing the Hawaiian shirt, talking about Wild West, and saying, "Oh yeah, dog." One eight hundred flowers is our sponsor. One eight hundred flowers. Ordering a bouquet is easy but this year is a little different so delivery is limited it's contactless the flowers are flying off the shelves everyone realizes this is a really important mother's day don't screw this up 1-800-Flowers has beautiful Mother's Day gifts, bouquets, arrangements, but they also have food. I mean, it is like a Mother's Day mall that you can go to. Uh, You'll find something that is really special for mom at 1-800-Flowers.com. You can get the flowers, roses, lilies, daisy, palms, whatever those are, all blooms from 1-800-Flowers. They're picked at their peak. They're shipped overnight to make sure that they are fresh. Um, You have to order before Friday before friday make sure it's in by friday uh to make sure that it is delivered on time they need some extra time this year so don't wait do it now 1-800-flowers.com use the promo code back 1-800-flowers.com promo code back you're listening to glenn beck I was really looking forward to having Matt Bevan on, uh, but at the last minute, uh, he had a family thing that he couldn't um, uh, couldn't stay for. Hope to have him on maybe tomorrow. Uh, Matt Bevan is a is a is a real strong um, constitutionalist, and I would love to hear uh, his thoughts on the balancing of liberty uh, and safety. What what. What what do we do? Uh, how would it be different? What would he be doing if he were the governor? He almost he just barely lost the gubernatorial race uh, and was replaced as governor um, by a new guy who is a Democrat and has not necessarily been uh, high up on our list of uh, freedom lovers, at least uh, so far. We have more on that, hopefully on uh, tomorrow's program. Also, I want to remind you. If you didn't file for taxes last year, uh, you're not going to the, the IRS is treating this as like you don't exist. You have to uh, let them know that you're out there. You have to let them know that you have children 
under 17. If you do, you have to have this in today to get the $500 economic impact payment per child. I know I've got, it's crazy. I, I don't like to talk about it, but I have 67 children under 17 right now. Um, but there's a lot of people that can use the money right now. If you didn't file, you have to go to irs.gov and enter your information in the non-filer tool by today. So make sure it's in today. All right. Tomorrow, a great program. A little on Tara Reid and Joe Biden. All that on Blaze TV and tomorrow's radio episode. We'll see you there. You're listening to Glenn Beck.